a galaxy far, far away, in an alternate universe in that galaxy far, far away, Colin Trevorrow made episode nine and everyone loved it and it was great. <laughs> Probably not. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a fun show for you today. We have one with the Force. We're bringing that back this week. And uh, we also are going to have a discussion about Colin Trevorrow and the script you may have heard about that's been making the rounds. First drafts, final drafts, Jack Thorne. Who the heck knows what's going on? But we're going to dive into it as much as we can and give our takes on all that. But we also have a special guest with us, James and Lacey, as, with me as always. And joining us is uh, John Roca. Who Hello. is now from the Outlaw Nation YouTube channel. How's it going, John? Welcome back. It's good. It's going good. I'm glad to be back. I enjoyed myself the last time we were on here, if I remember correctly. It's been a, it's been a bit. <laughs> uh, and I, I did uh, – it was a fun conversation. I think there were some – right after the Ryan Johnson stuff, we weren't sure what's going to happen with him. I think a lot of that was going on we, the last time I was on. And yeah. I might still be proven right that he'll never finish that trilogy. So we'll see how that's going to go down. But that was one of the big predictions I made at the time that I thought um, uh, he was not going to finish that thing. Yeah, we had a lot of talks, I remember, about Kathleen Kennedy, her new contract, whether yeah. she'd be around after episode nine. Currently, she still is. But um, I don't know. The The future is certainly hazy, as uh, Yoda puts it in so many words. But um, James, Lacey, you guys, uh, you guys ready to talk about Trevorrow and all that good stuff later? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's such a crazy situation. We're all, I think everybody is just trying to wrap their heads around what's real, <laughs> what's not, you know, and, and trying to make heads or tails of that script or multiple scripts, you know, yeah. who knows, but I'm glad, uh, Roka's back on the show and we're talking about the future of Lucasfilm with him once again. Once again. <laughs> I know I've been the minority too, so this is going to be a fun conversation on so <laughs> many things. So this, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, All right. am I, am I talking? Agrees. Yeah, you can say hi, everybody. Or do whatever, <laughs> hi. You know, whatever you want to do. No, yeah. I agree with James. I think it's crazy. And the weird part is kind of off camera, right before we started, we were talking about uh, how there are so many different versions of this script that we were like, you read one. Did you read two? Did you read three? I read three. No, you didn't read three. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So who knows what we're going to discuss? Because I think we've all read different versions. Yeah. So we'll and, compare. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I guess the idea is to just try to give our takes on it in general and then hopefully just move on past it because mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where nothing's changing anything and it's more of a what could have been and uh, rumors obviously take over and it'll get to the point where people are going to think that his filmed version is going to show up on the Blu-ray or something. So uh, it's just <laughs> insane. But uh, let's have some fun before that. James, uh, we got one with the force. Always a good time. So where's uh, our buddy Baze Malibus? Force is with me, and I'm one with the Force. Baze, it's been a while since we've seen you, man. Uh, it's also been a little bit of time since we've done One with the Force. Now, yeah. uh, if you are new to the show, uh, this is a segment where we're going to run through a couple different situations, and each situation is going to have one answer that you're allowed to give, and then we'll just go person to person to person and give the one answer to each situation so uh the first one that we have here is uh kind of a scenario star wars has always been funny a big part of its charm through the years the rise of skywalker has its share of comedic moments so what's the funniest moment in the movie to you and since you're a guest roca oh. what's the funniest moment what's your one <laughs> with the force answer don't make me go first because you're not gonna okay. like my answer <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't like it. I like my answer, and especially Lacey won't like my answer. That's oh sure. no no no, it's fine. It's fine. All right, Go ahead. fine. It's when Kylo dies. That was funny. And the whole <laughs> place, the whole place erupted into laughter at a press screening, press screening that I was at at the El Capitan, uh, because a lot of the Raylo shippers were cheering like crazy, and then as soon as he passed, then everyone kind of burst out in laughter. So uh, unintentionally funny uh, for sure. It um, is funny, I, though. The way it happens is kind of comical because you're like, wait, right? what just happened? <laughs> right. So you're just weird. like, wait, was this for jokes? He goes, ah, oh, the, boom. Done. The kiss of death. Yeah, literally. Right. Yeah. Um, um, that's yeah. funny, too, because uh, Lacey had seen it earlier than I had. And in the actual my first time viewing, they kiss and then they're sitting there looking at each other. And Lacey goes, don't cheer yet. <laughs> I was like, you said that to him? She said uh, that out loud. That's terrible. And I, and I was like, oh, so I guess maybe he like dies or something right here. <laughs> Boo. I don't even remember saying that. Yeah. Did she do the hand thing? Like the, like, hang on. I don't know. It was over here. I just, it came out oh, of her mouth. Boy. Yeah. Oh my God. So and, I, I had a, and I know it was her because no one else would have known that, right? You know what's funny, James? I had a buffer, right? I wasn't next to you, was I? Or was I? You were. You were on my right. I was just oh, being a good person. And then we, we switched. <laughs> yeah. The next That's because they yeah. kissed and some girl, like to our right in the front, was yeah. like, hooray. And yeah, there were a couple clappers and stuff, yeah. like Roka was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, yeah. well, um, uh, let's go with uh, let's go with John. What's what's your funniest moment? Um, it's still, and I know it's very quick, but I laughed out loud even at my uh, fourth showing is when uh, Poe does the doink with the uh, flashlight after Ray lights oh, up really? the lightsaber. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's it's very Looney Tunes. It's very funny to me. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's it just makes me laugh and it's silly and it reminds me that sometimes Star Wars can be silly and, and it's a good thing. So. Uh, th- so far, always and forever, the doink flashlight from Poe Dameron uh, gets me <laughs> laughing. So that one. Lacey, what would be your one for funniest moment? So John's was my number one, but my number two <laughs> is when C-3PO holds hands with Poe. <laughs> when they're having that like just, emotional, we're in this together moment and Poe yeah. has this look because I'm not a hugger. So the moment that Poe's like, okay. All right. Like, that's what I would have done in that scenario. So I just find it so funny. Right. Just to to be clear, too, you said that John's was your favorite as well. So you too thought... I'm sure it was John Who's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it wasn't mine. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. John Ho's favorite (laughs) is my favorite. Um, No, not Roka's. (laughs) (laughs) You got to make that clear. James' story is now my favorite. Because I don't even remember his name. Um... I think there's there's some pretty good ones, but I think I think one that really stands out to me is, and it's quick. It's kind of like a blink if you miss it. I think probably people who've only seen the movie once might not remember this, but um, there's a line where somebody mentions Babu Frick and C3PO goes, "My oldest friend." <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah. It's like if you even heard that line, you would have had to hear the, the setup for the joke earlier and put the two together. It's kind of a subsequent viewing joke. Um, but I think that's probably like one of my favorites because every time he says it, I think it's hilarious because C3PO clearly has only had this friend 
for <laughs> the existence of his life. You it's know, his it's, only memory right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or it's so just Boba further Fett could back. Be, he could be like back. a horrible friend to him, but because he's his only friend, he's his best friend by default. <laughs> he's like, hi, I'm born. And he's like, hi, I'm Babu Frick. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> so good. All right. Uh, next one we got on the list is uh, Star Wars plans on starting new film sagas with brand new characters if they venture into the older public let's say who is one actor or actress you'd want to see cast for that era of films john let's go ahead and start with you john hoey that is uh you guys know my answer sean bean really oh yeah, yeah. he tweeted about it <laughs> ned stark man and but but he, he can't die in like the first 10 minutes like he does in almost everything else so, um, I, yeah, I, I loved him in Goldeneye. I love him in Lord of the Rings, even though I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. I obviously love him in Game of Thrones. He knows how to work in that era. He's done it sort of in that medieval style of uh, storytelling a couple times. I think he'd fit right in, and I think it'd be cool to see him slamming a lightsaber around or something like that. So, um, yeah, Sean Bean. All right. Lacey, you got a good answer for this? What do you got? My pick would be Shersha Ronan. She's mm. amazing. Mm. She's a great actress. She knows how to play emotional and tough, and I think she would be a really badass Jedi. She's lo- Lovely Bones, that girl? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good actress. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. She's in Little Women. Mm-hmm. Up for an Oscar again. Yeah. Um. What's the... the bird? Uh, she has another bird movie. What's it? A bird... Uh, Lady Bird? Lady Bird. Lady That's Bird, it. yep. Lady Bird, yeah. yeah. Now, are you saying like Jedi or it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. I just... I love Jedi, so I said Jedi, but it could be anything. She's just great. Yeah. Everything she does. Right on. John, what do you got? Um, I mean, not to kind of cheat a little bit, but I'd have two. Uh, I would say Idris Elba. I would love to him bring some of that Luther energy into mm. this uh, Knights of the Old Republic stuff. I mean, by Luther, I mean like he's just so confident badass because – Sometimes he gets cast in these roles. He doesn't get to show that energy, and it's frustrating as hell when you watch it because you know he's capable of doing so much more. Mm-hmm, um, like cats. And the other one, yeah, like cats. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the funniest moment. of Taylor Swift is your second one, right? <laughs> Taylor Swift, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, oh, never mind. Florence Pugh would be the other one. I think Florence Pugh, yes. in, in the tradition of Daisy Ridley, could be one of these young actresses that steps in and carries the franchise into a new trilogy. That woman can do no wrong and has certainly succeeded in multiple genres of films. You know, you go from professional wrestler to something like Little Women to something like Black Widow. If you've seen Lady Macbeth, you know, there's so many different things that she's been capable of doing. Plus Mm -hmm. it's also in that grand tradition of casting English actors in Star Wars. And it would be uh, fantastic to see her. She is English, right? Isn't she British? I think she's British. If not, I, uh, still I thought so now. too. I yeah. think so too. But yeah. I have to say, I watched that that wrestling movie on a plane. Yeah. I was straight up sobbing. She's <laughs> so good in that movie. Wait, is that the where she plays Paige or whatever? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Now, why didn't they not to get off of uh, Star Wars here? Why didn't they just get what's her name to play herself? No, Paige. Yeah. Well, because you have to play her through the stages, and yeah. also, oh, right. <laughs> also, Paige has a lot of uh, <laughs> injuries from wrestling. So she couldn't do the stuff in the ring. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. Back oh, to that Star movie Wars. Is, that movie is so good, though. So good. Yeah. I got to see it. Plus, if you can make money of them telling your own story without having to be in your own story, why not? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. You're Just right. give them some home videos, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, <You're> exactly. Right. <laughs> do I make the same amount of money if I don't star in it? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> you um, make more. 
So mine, mine is uh, probably a, an eye roll answer a little bit, but uh, it was the first one that I thought of just right off the top, and that would be Joaquin Phoenix. And, um, I know necessarily that he doesn't quite fit with star Wars maybe, but the thing is, is like, you just, if I see on starwars.com that Joaquin Phoenix is going to be in a star Wars movie, I get excited because I don't really think I've ever seen a Joaquin Phoenix movie where he wasn't amazing. Like I thought you were going to say Keanu Reeves. I really thought that's what you were going to (laughs) say. Oh no, no. Um, but I mean, then James, because I think it's a it's a topical answer. Like it's just like he's about to win the Oscar for best actor. Joker, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I yeah, of course he's good in Joker, and we all know that. But like I'm even I, I've been a fan of him for so long, e- even going back as being like one of the few people where I live who would like take the effort to go see her. You know, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Uh, and what was the there was another one that I was thinking of that was like. Um, oh, I was going to say that I was bummed when he wasn't uh, Dr. Strange. Like mm. I was so excited for that, that he was very possibly going to be Dr. Strange. And as much as I love Benedict Cumberbatch and the role, and I think it's good, I still think that Joaquin Phoenix would have done better just because he's that good. And I'm that big of a fan. So, um, but yeah, right, man, could you imagine like a gladiator type villain? James, you should Photoshop a lightsaber over the baseball bat and signs and just (laughs) 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 swing away, Meryl. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's that's another one for me, too. I love that movie. I like it. Some people are like hit or miss on it. I like it till the end. See, I like the end, too. Yeah. All right, here we got a couple more questions. Let's see. Name a character that was not in The Rise of Skywalker that you wish made an appearance. So um, let's see. What did I do? I went John and then Roka or Lacey and then Roka. Let's go Lacey first. I really wanted to see Ewan McGregor, Kenobi. I really wanted to see him at the end. He spoke in TFA. I wanted to see him at the end of this movie. I want to see a lot of Jedi at the end of this movie. I wanted mm-hmm. the fan servicey Jedi moment that we didn't get. Mm. Um, I'm okay with how they did it. I just wish Ewan was in it. Hmm. All right. Uh, Roka, you got a character that you wish maybe made an appearance in the movie? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's a little frustrating for me that we didn't see Hayden come back as Anakin. I would have loved to have seen Hayden come back as Anakin, kind of close that loop. Um, and have him do his thing one way or another and have the fans like finally 100% like just kind of close that loop of forgiveness and move on from it, you know, because obviously he's been to these conventions. He was uh, taken care of when he went to Star Wars land. So to have him come back and be an integral part of what's especially going to bring the Emperor back, for God's sakes, why would you bring <laughs> back Anakin yeah. and have Anakin go like, damn it, I didn't finish the job, uh, something like yeah. that. Um, it would have been interesting to talk to Kylo through the helmet or whatever. It would have been interesting to see that. And then also maybe even have him and Luke. I mean, how much would you have been blown away by seeing Luke standing next to his father uh, Mm. with Leia in that last shot or whatever? It just would have been incredible to see all that uh, for me. Mm -hmm. That's cool. It's a good answer. Yeah. Um, John, what do you got? So I'm going with the theme here because we're knocking off all these voices that we heard but didn't see. Um, tweaking Lacey's pick. I'm taking Lacey's pick but kind of tweaking it for myself here. I wanted to see a um, creation of Alec Guinness 
using, mm. you know, Force Ghost, using your CGI, like maybe voiced by Stephen Stanton doing uh, his perfect Alec Guinness impression. Uh, as the, Like you just said, Force Ghost at the end, maybe just, just to, to see Obi-Wan. He's the first Jedi we ever saw in Star Wars. That would be a nice bookend to me to actually see Alec Guinness's appearance one more time not necessarily doing a lot like Tarkin in Rogue One or anything but just seeing him again uh, with Yoda kind of mirroring the Return of the Jedi end I think would have been cool to see and also getting another gig for Stanton <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, well I think like if I had a, like a, a big big answer it probably would be Anakin but but honestly when I did read this question I started thinking about the the Kazes and the Haras and stuff like that and one that really stuck out to me that I thought would have been really cool, and believe me, I'm well aware nobody would have got it, but I would have liked to see Nora Wexley standing right next to um, Wedge Antilles. Mm. Like, I think the two of them, like, co-piloting a ship, and people would have been like, oh, that's Wedge, there he is. And for anybody that, w- that has been reading for instance, Resistance Reborn, one of the major lead-up books into this movie about how important it is that Wedge and Nora said they weren't going to move forward in the fight, but they were going to help their son. And there was so much there with like Snap Wexley dies. And then like the very next scene, you see uh, Wedge Antilles there, his, his basic, his basically his father, mm-hmm. but his mom... Sh- should be there like why is she not right next to him and i know he's in the falcon and the yeah so they did that whole thing but um that would have blown my nerd brain i think (laughs) a little bit i wanted those little cameos but uh we got one more question so let's move past that this is Um, gonna be brutal (laughs) it's five years after the fall of the empire And you're an assassin instructed to kill one, either Princess Leia or Baby Yoda. If you don't kill one, they both will be killed. So which one do you kill? Wow. I hate to do this to you, Roka. The rotation has landed you first on this one. You got to isolate this clip and tweet it out and everything. Uh, well, yeah. since I'm a Deadpool fan, I'd say you kill the baby first, like you did in Deadpool <laughs> with the baby Hitler in the deleted scenes. But um, I, you'll always, you can always have another baby Yoda. You're not going to have another uh, Princess Leia or General Leia. So that she's too important to the entire Resistance to kill her. I I can handle the guilt of killing Baby Yoda. I couldn't handle the guilt of killing Princess Leia or General Leia, depending on when I'm supposed to kill her. So, yeah, I would absolutely kill Baby Yoda. And, you know, I always get Babu Frick in the deal, so it's all right. I can uh, <laughs> recover from go. that with a cute cute meter with uh, Babu Frick. <laughs> That's your true. Cute replacement, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, John Hoey, what you got? Who are you killing? Uh, Leia. Are you oh! killing Leia? Yeah. The Skywalkers, are, they, they just, they're troublemakers, let's be honest. This whole thing <laughs> oh is like... <laughs> This whole thing is because of all these, this family, like none of this conflict happens without this family. So let's get rid of the matriarch and uh, go from there. All right, Lacey, tie break this. I can't believe this is a question. Um, I would kill baby Yoda. Oh, there's the, there's the audio clip right there. And I would quickly, and I would quickly get killed by Mando so fast, so fast I'd be dead. Yeah. But just like Roka said, 
Leia is too important to the cause. There are too many things that come back to her. There are too many people she's inspired. She, you know, the whole end of The Rise of Skywalker, whether you want to say, oh, it was Lando, it was definitely because of Leia that all these people came together. And I think they pretty much say that. So, yeah, she births Kylo Ren, but still, she's very important to the cause. So I couldn't kill her. So I'm sorry, Baby Yoda. I, I'm i a terrible person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I came into this <laughs> saying <laughs> I was going to say I'd kill Baby Yoda. But I started thinking about the fact that technically the Baby Yoda is 50 years old, which means he's lived a longer life and still has so many more years ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And then I think about all the problems that the humans have caused. And wow. I think about all the problems that Yoda's species has caused, which three for three they're looking pretty great and very inspirational powerful light side characters i think that all in all baby yoda would probably have the more potential to bring greater good to the galaxy than leia you know wherever she is in her life just the tail end of her life you know not being there so i'm with john unfortunately i gotta go Kill also, on this one. James, you and I can just whoever hires us to, to or gives us this ultimatum once they leave, seeing the job done, have little baby Yoda waddle over and heal Leia and bring her back to life, and then everyone. Oh, you alive. can't cheat like that. <laughs> just what is with you and cheating lately? You it's it's canon. All the questions. It's canon. It's canon. Wait, Leia can't heal guys, people. Who are those two guys that they were gonna put in the movie in Solo? Tag and Bank. Yeah, uh, that's what yeah. you guys are. Tag and Bank. You guys never. <laughs> Roka, in- they cheated on our last one. They were like, oh, oh, you can have one Force character, one, like, something, something. And so, like, both of them something, pick something. three Force characters. One is their pilot, right. one is their Force. Yeah. Like, they cheated. Yeah, that's cheated. why they're those two guys. That's what they're tagging <laughs> back. They're you said it, the, the rules was you get one Jedi. I picked Ray. She's all the Jedi. Right. That's, <laughs> that's been established, yeah. right? Only in right. mind. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for One with the Force. We all gave our answers, and now we're getting ready to head into the discussion section where we're going to talk Colin Trevorrow and all that stuff. So, John, what's the discussion? Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, guys. Colin Trevorrow, you know him. He he takes over mega decade-old movie franchises and just makes them better. So, uh, his- <laughs> No, he doesn't. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so his story for Star Wars Episode Nine in an alternate universe, perhaps far, far away, where Colin Trevorrow isn't fired, exists his Episode Nine, his conclusion to the Skywalker episodic saga. Early drafts and final drafts of his story for the film have been magically leaked somehow. <laughs> and if you haven't checked it out yet, you can check it out at Star Wars News. Now we do a full breakdown that Chris did over there. He did a great job breaking that down. Uh, there's also a lot of videos and everyone's given their take on it and that sort of thing. So I'm, if you haven't seen it yet, you're not on the internet. That's pretty much the, the bottom line. But uh, it breaks everything down on what Trevorrow's initial plans were for the film before he got axed. Uh, we've all read it. We've all heard everything here. So now it's time for us to talk about it. So uh, my initial thoughts on this thing, it's always dangerous when this type of thing comes out because it's never going to help what exists currently. Everyone likes to do the old, if, especially if you don't like something. So people didn't like episode nine. They want to latch onto this thing and say, ah, oh, this would have been better. And you, you see that floating around and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how this would work. A lot of it reads like a EU to me. Uh, Mortis was a very interesting take. And uh, I don't know how fandom would have reacted to Kylo going full bad. 
Um, although that was something I was interested in, but um, you know him, him, yeah, him, <laughs> him killing him killing Ray's parents doesn't line up age wise to me. So there's a lot of mystery there, and then the issues with like Poe's homeworld and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm not a and my point to Colin Trevorrow with like his direction and stuff like that. Like the CGI in the Jurassic World movies didn't look that good to me. Uh, I wouldn't have trusted him handling a Star Wars movie, even with the backing of ILM. So that's where I'm starting off. So, um, you know, John Roca, you're our guest. So uh, why don't you give us your initial thoughts on what you've seen from these versions of the scripts and stuff like that. And then let's just have an open chat, try to let everyone, you know, make their points, but, you know, just have a discussion about it. So what 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 do you say, John? My first reaction was this. When I read it, first of all, it's Robert Meyer Burnett breaking this down, which is so ironic, mm-hmm. a Star Trek guy breaking down a Star Wars script. Very interesting <laughs> on so many levels. Uh, but him breaking it, I mean, two-hour video, which was mind-blowing to me. That Rob, I know Robert can talk, but to get that deep into this stuff was pretty incredible. Uh, but there's such an anger uh, underneath the release of this, the leak of this, that I didn't truck with. Now, I'm not an Episode Nine necessarily fan, I think there are good things in the movie, and I think there are some bad things that I really couldn't get past to enjoy the film. But that being said, I agree with you, John. I think this kind of stuff is dangerous or can be dangerous uh, when it's put in the hands of irresponsible fans. Not responsible fans. I think responsible fans like us can have a discussion, an open discussion about it, and see what would have worked, what would have not worked. But you also come back to Kellen, uh, come back to Trevor uh, Trevorrow, and you see the last two films he did are terrible. So you're like, well, it did. It would not have. It doesn't mean that it would have necessarily translated into a great movie or a better episode nine. Mm-hmm. Who knows how he would have fumbled the ball? There's a possibility there. And also, there's three ways a movie's made: the writing, the shooting, then the editing. So who knows what we would have really ended up with from where we started? Because you can also pitch episode nine, and it sounds badass. I'm bringing the emperor back and he's in the unknown regions. He's got this whole legion that nobody knows about. And they're going to go, they're going to be the final order. They're going to wipe everybody out. Leia dies, but she connects with her son before she dies one more time and brings him back and all. So you can pitch it that way too. So Mm -hmm. to me, I really enjoyed a lot of what was in the script for sure. I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that yes, Kylo goes full evil. That's what I wanted. I think once Ray turns him down in that throne room. There's no coming back for Kylo, in my opinion. So I would have liked that. You throw in him killing this uh, former master of Palpatine. That's interesting. After he trains with him, Harrison, I mean, Han Solo still comes back. All of that was fun. You get Rose having more of an active participation in this. They steal a Star Destroyer, which has never been done. Um, so there's a lot of positive things that I that I enjoyed about the script overall. But in the long run, do I think Trevorrow would have done an excellent job with Episode Nine? No, I actually don't feel that way. So and this mm-hmm. is fun to talk about. I just think um, it shouldn't give ammunition to people who didn't like Episode Nine to be bashing people who did and saying, see, it would have been a better movie. Right, <clears throat> right. I'm actually glad you said that too because that was one of my first takeaways. Like even before I started the script, I was like, no matter what this ends up being, if it's good, it's very easy to say like, well, I would have had Luke Skywalker stand on a mountain and then he would have, you know what I mean? You could, you could come up with this crazy stuff, but it all is about the execution of what you actually film, you know, and what, how it's all edited together and how everything comes together. Um, because there, I'm sure there's probably things in the original JJ Abrams script that, when you actually get into the nitty gritty of putting this thing together, you go, you know what, this the, we, it was cool on paper. It's not really working here. So we have to change it up just a little bit. Like, I mean, I think one of these 
things said that he was supposed to, Kylo was supposed to go to Vader's castle and mm. for whatever reason it wasn't really working so they just made him grab it out of this box because that's the only way the story could have moved forward that's the best they could do with what they had you know you mean Abrams story Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's like even things that like would have maybe shown up in, in a script and would like, Hey, we have this really cool idea about Kylo going back to Vader's castle. Right. It's still, you know, didn't make it into that cut. And there's a lot of things probably in this script that we could say, maybe that might not have even been in the <laughs> finished movie. You know, there's yeah. so many different versions of this script. Lacey was talking about uh, before we started, but I, I want to hear her take on that because there's like, a ton of people just saying different things like, Oh, here's this version of this script. Here's the third draft of that. Here's the final uh, one, but that was rewritten by Jack Thorne and just it's all over the place. Lacey, you were saying something. Yeah. So the one I read is the one that was written before Carrie passed away. That's the one I read. That's the one everyone's been talking about. And they wrote all those crazy clickbaity articles about it. That's Mm -hmm. the one that I initially read. I know there's ones that are after that, but that's what's in my head right now. Um, overall, it was interesting. I mean, this kind of stuff's always interesting to me to see where people are going to take characters that we like and we don't like and stuff like that. I think that, like you guys have been saying, it's very easy as fans to say, oh, well, they should have done this. I have to say one of the most frustrating things since The Rise of Skywalker has come out has been seeing fans assume that they know better for these characters than the people that have created them. (laughs) And, you know, Mm. look, I'm not happy with what happened to Ben Solo. I've been pretty vocal about that. (laughs) However, it's not my character. It's JJ's character. JJ created him. JJ took him to where he wanted to take him. However, weird part two, after I read this script, I actually liked bad, evil, angry Kylo better than half and half Kylo. Yes! Because Rise of Skywalker Kylo felt very rushed to redemption, and I'd rather have it either all good or all bad. I don't Mm. want this bad, 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 oh, one moment has decided he's now a good guy and he doesn't talk for the rest of the movie. If he's going to go bad, make him go full bad. Yeah, make him like blind Ray and be evil and have metal in his face and like, like, yeah, do it. Adam would have killed that. Adam would have done an amazing job with that. So yeah, I yeah. was actually not mad at that part. Um, I like that they go to Coruscant because James and I always talk about how much we like Coruscant. John Morrison. does not like Coruscant. We <laughs> also, me and Lacey yeah. had this kind of uh, behind the scenes dialogue about how cool it would have been if Rise of Skywalker ended with a big uh, Ray versus Kylo battle on the like ruins of the Jedi temple, like right. inside and In stuff like Coruscant. that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. could have been really cool. And it's kind of he- listed here a little bit, you know, um, yeah. and it would have made the- sense to bring back the old Jedis to be part of that. Too, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That they're there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I loved the idea of Coruscant. I also really liked the idea of ghost Luke haunting Kylo. I brought this up months ago and I know James hated it. He hated <laughs> I can't it. stand that. that it's an it. SNL skit. But the funniest thing is when I read the script, I was like, is Colin in my house? Because I literally said these things out loud on the podcast yeah. of like him being very trolly, being like, oh, yeah. this is where you're going, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that I didn't like. Let me think. Uh, Kylo Ren fighting Darth Vader. Why? I get it. You want to bring Fan Darth service. Vader in? Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I actually liked Chewie being in an X-Wing. 
I thought that was kind of cool. Get out of here. I thought it was kind of weird. Like, okay. And then, but then again, I love weird stuff. Like the baby head that's in concept art in the book now. Yeah. (laughs) Baby head's a thing. Um, Ray having a double-sided lightsaber was cool. Um, I didn't like Ray questioning the Force again. I feel like mm-hmm. we did that with Last Jedi, so she needed to be like fully invested. Um, I feel like this script took Ray in a direction that Kylo Ren was taken in The Rise of Skywalker, where they're trying to figure out where he's going. Like, and she was very like, "I'm going to do the right thing." This one, he was like, "I'm evil," and then yeah. she was like, "I don't know what I want to do." So was, that's how I got it. But mm. overall, it was all right. I liked what we got though. With the exception of Ben Solo. You know, my uh, my two biggest gripes, I guess, now that you're ringing things in my head, because I read this like these things a couple times and I watched a chunk of that uh, Burnett video. Um, right. But, and then I read some of the stuff Jason Ward did with the final draft that he read in some secret room somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> Area 51. Ray, Ray like... Like using the force lightning, but she's nobody, and she's she's the dark and the light, and it's like oh yeah, that was confusing. I don't like that this version of the balance of the force. I know it's a very mortis thing, and it resides there. But like to me, George Lucas's whole thing about balance of the force, and he was pretty clear about it, was that balance of the force means destroying the Sith and destroying evil and getting rid of the the antagonism in the force. So this whole new thing that you need to have balance and that she's living with both the dark and the light to preserve balance doesn't jive well for an end of a Star Wars saga to me. Because um, if kids are looking up to Rey as the new Luke Skywalker and the new hero, you're telling kids, you need to be a little evil and a little good, and then you're <laughs> going to be all set. Like, yeah. Like, you know, sometimes I have a you got to kill people. Or sometimes you got to kill, but like James has a two-year-old, I have a one-year-old. Like, I'm not going to tell my kid, like, you can take that ketchup and just squirt it all over the wall over there as long as you're, as long as you take your nap later. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not squirting the ketchup. We're not balancing the dark and the light. So that, that's where I'm at. So, uh, it's, it's, and also the friendship part. I don't, I I didn't vibe, like Rise of Skywalker, my favorite part was Ray, Finn, and Poe in the pocket as friends. Uh, that's why maybe I love this movie that I haven't heard many complaints about is those three look like they were close and they were friends and JJ pulled mm-hmm. that off to me. Yeah. I don't see that in Trevorrow's script at all. I see... Oh, they're split up. Again, you know, they're adding more rows in, which, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily a great thing when you're trying to put these three characters forward. Uh, you have Finn and Poe together sometimes. You have Ray in here over there. They, they still feel kind of scattered. Uh, I like that J.J. put them together and made it an adventure film, a little bit like an Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade type of thing. So uh, call me a Kasdan simplist, but uh, I, I like that aspect of it. And I, Trevorrow's story felt really cold to me and almost more sci-fi than a space fantasy adventure type of thing. So, mm. yeah. What about I, the Poe and Ray romance? That's not bad. <laughs> I would have, I wouldn't have liked that. No, because like no, I, no, I don't think that to me, I don't think that makes sense. I think that's a cop out because yeah. like, yeah, because of course, the dashing pilot with the leader of the screw that shit. Like, I, if, we're gonna, <laughs> if she's going to be from nobody, and we're going to keep that going, which is what Trevorrow's script does, mm-hmm. then she can't fall into the cliche types in any situation, or else it loses its power. In my opinion, it seemed like it was one sided, though. Like Poe right, really from, liked her, and then she tricked him by kissing him right. to use the Jedi mind trick. So it was one-sided, but still, I get what you're saying. Like, why does he have to like her? Why does it have to be? 
Right. It's if people that, are going to yeah. be like, well, why does like what is the girl at the end? Why does she have to be Lando's daughter? If it's if that's kind of which is an episode nine thing. I know it's not Trevorrow's mm-hmm. script, but like this kind of thing where you have to connect everybody. I think if you're going to be consistent about wanting to break the bonds of the old way of doing things, which is what I sensed they were initially trying to do with this trilogy to have her be with, with Poe is so obvious. And Poe has had no inclinations towards her the entire (laughs) trilogy. He meets her halfway through episode nine and then then goes, or a quarter of the way through episode nine and then Mm -hmm. goes, Oh yeah, I think this is the one, you know, that just would be (laughs) all kinds of weird to me. Whereas you get a great romance with, Leia and Solo because that builds from episode one all the way through. And Mm -hmm. so the consummation of it in episode three and Return of the Jedi rather um, is worth it. And so this kind of situation, I don't, I don't think it would have been as powerful. And I don't think the Ray Finn thing would have worked either. I mean, that's friend zone to a T. That's a good point. And I just felt like even with JJ's story and, you know, Ray Lowe's will say that the romance was established since the first one. I didn't see it that way. But, you know, that aside, I felt like JJ and even in Trevorrow's story, you felt that there was a struggle to make romance happen somewhere because Star Wars needs romance. Uh, yeah. So they're like, well, uh, uh, well, Kylo's full bad. So Poe, you're it. Ding, ding, ding. You're going to yeah. you're going to kiss Ray and that's going to be our romance. And and that'll be that. That's how it kind of felt to me. And, and it's interesting, too, because you could say that that ultimately kind of fell on Ryan, who, you know, all the, the like obvious romances didn't happen in his movie. But it, but Ryan also did try to throw in a little bit of a starter with his own idea of who would be the romantic connection oh, Rose in this movie. Rose you know? and Finn. Rose, Rose and Finn. And Finn. Yeah. yeah. So he he developed that as like, hey, they don't like each other at the beginning of the movie. They learn each other, and by the end of it, there's there's a, a connection there. Um, but well, uh, but there but again, that's Rose a point. that's a different discussion, you know, because I don't consider Rose to be one of the main three. Right. The, right. the big three that is to me kind of a trope of Star Wars. You know, you have your uh, your Han, Luke, and Leia, and then you have your Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme. And um, I, I don't know. That's just kind of my opinion on that. But uh, I think that's. But I don't know, uh, Roka. Where, where are you at as far as like we had discussed that this particular piece is easy to say. Well, it would have been better. But yeah. like Lacey was kind of going through on one by one specific things. Is there things that maybe you think were better in Trevorrow's script, or ultimately like JJ handled it better than what Trevorrow wrote? Well, I like the Mustafar stuff a lot in Trevorrow's script. I think that makes sense for him to go there. and I mean, because that's what he's been doing is essentially tracing his grandfather's life. So it makes sense mm-hmm. that he would go to the, try to find some connection, some kind of strength, some kind of force there, and to like live in the evil, right? Because that's when what? Vader is ultimately the most yeah. evil is in Mustafar. So he that's where he was created in essence. That's where his energy is the strongest in terms of Sith and evilness. And so it makes sense for him to try to consume that because – and this is the thing at the end of the day and I and I, I, know I may risk uh, whatever I'm risking here. But Kylo to me <laughs> – You're always risking, Roka. I know. That's, that's kind of my <laughs> thing. That's kind of my thing. But when I knock it out of the park, I really get a lot of results. So uh, the thing for me is with Kylo, I, I think the most – and listen, Adam Driver was incredible playing this part. And I'm really upset that people try to denigrate Daisy, what she did as well. Daisy – is just as good as Adam with what she was given. It's just mm-hmm. different stuff. 
Adam was the journey. Daisy was the straightforward journey. Adam was the difficult journey. So mm -hmm. just that's why he naturally feels like he shines more, but they were equal. But what Adam Driver did with this character is incredible. But I would have liked to have seen something more solid. I hear what Lacey's saying. Lacey's absolutely right. The half and half stuff just irritates the piss out of you. because there's nothing. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing all of us hate more than indecision, even within ourselves. We hate when we're indecisive. We hate when people are indecisive on the road, in the grocery store, in whatever. <laughs> we just hate indecisive people. It just doesn't feel right. And to see him like not sure which way he's going to go, still three movies in, he's not sure where he stands. It's super frustrating. So to have seen him be part of, be connected to Mustafar and with the coffin and everything like that, that would have been fun for me to see, honestly, overall. And... I liked what they did with the saber, uh, with uh, Luke's saber, her turning into a double light, light, lightsaber. I thought that was badass, and that could have been fun to explore. Mm -hmm. I think there's, I think JJ had a, it's a, it's a weird thing, and, and, and this is probably a longer discussion for another time, but I just think JJ had a lot of pressure on him to do certain things, and I think they right. fan serviced a bit too much for a lot of people's taste, certainly for mine. And then they had to make these storylines work in a certain way and they kind of shoved them together. And to me overall, it felt like a report you get and you know you're handing it in. You're like, I just hope I get a B minus. I just want to get a B, a B minus. <laughs> like you're just like, just, maybe, maybe they'll forgive me for a couple just, of the, the – Just let me get by this. Yes. Yeah, just let me get by this. And it feels like JJ did that. And the fact that when he got asked about it, he said, well, the critics are right. And that kind of stuff, it just it lets you know that they – he couldn't 100% maybe do what he wanted to do, but it, he did the best he could with what he had. Um, I thought it should it, have been two movies. Watching it multiple times, I was like, this so could right. easily be two movies. They it considered could be, it. They it did. Could, it could have been well, because, split into two parts. Yeah. You would have gotten a full story on each side. I could have gotten my full Ben Solo arc of mm -hmm. him going from bad to good. It just seemed so – everything was just rushed. We yeah, talked but, about that a lot. Like you couldn't go to the bathroom. You just had to go and like watch and watch and watch and watch. Like, so I, I would totally have taken – I would have taken a three-hour movie over two movies. I would have taken two movies. I would have taken two movies. I think movies that's weird. Well, Episode 9, part A. I'm not like, saying part no, A and No, 9 and 10. I'm saying 9 and 10. And, 10. Yeah. and that would have been an incredible surprise at the end of 9 if they go – to be continued in episode. Right. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. you're watching it, you're like, man, I'm two yeah. hours into this, and then like, yeah. it, doesn't it doesn't seem doesn't like it's wrapping it. soon. Right. Yeah. But, but seriously, like, when then, we but, watched... They would call, the, you know what, they'd call it a money grab, though, and then Disney, Bob Iger would be under fire for it. No, Who cares? If fine. mine was good, nobody would give a shit. They, they did it with Twilight yeah. and Harry Potter and Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all three of those did it. They announced that ahead of time, so yeah. It's just one of those things that, like especially with Kylo Ren, I I went into the first screening thinking I was getting one thing, which is natural of any fan. He was really bad. Like he's chopping dudes' heads off, throwing them on mm -hmm. tables. Mm -hmm. He's killing people left and right. I remember saying out loud, oh, he's bad. But I was like, okay, I'm in it. Okay, he's a bad guy. Got it. Mm. Moving forward. And mm -hmm. then halfway through the movie, I'm like, wait, what? And then he just dies. So that's I'm why I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see script. this going this way, Lacey. <laughs> it's like your biggest yeah, complaint either. is that Kylo Ren is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm saying with this script specifically, my number one yeah. like was that if you're gonna make him a bad guy, go for it. Don't yeah. do this half and in, half out. That's fair. But yeah, I also think Vader's turn is obviously very rushed in Return of the Jedi. Like literally, he was just fighting his son, and then he threw the Emperor down the chasm. Really? Uh, I feel like Anakin's turn was very quick in Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Uh, so 
to say that Leia used all her might to reach her son one last time and, and it worked and then the memory of Han, fine. I, out I'm of not, the I'm three... I'm not saying it's bad. No, I'm no, no. I'm just saying yeah. I'd prefer <laughs> if I had more time. I mean, seeing Kylo with a mangled face would have been awesome because it would have been upset so many people. I just think, Ky- well. like, especially Adam Driver, he's just so good when he's yelling and screaming yeah. and, and yeah. just super in it. Like, imagine what he would have done with this role if he was, like, the bad guy. Like, if it's a marriage story, but he's, like, okay with everything. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> him, him and Ray are having a marriage story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, I, I, I will definitely uh, get down with that idea that of the three turns that we've had, um, by far, uh, Kylo Ren's is the most set up. Sure. Yes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you see it in the first movie. You definitely see it in the second movie. And then the third movie, they go through with it. So whenever I hear somebody say that his turn was rushed, it still kind of catches me off guard. I'm like, how oh, you need a fourth movie? You know, rushed in the movie? sense of, yeah. okay, But, I, but I understand what you're saying, splitting the last one into, no. if you're going to do it. Rushed yeah. in the sense of, there's no explanation of said turn. He does not talk for the second half of the movie. Right. Except to say, ow. So in yeah. Anakin and Vader's turn, you have that moment of him mm-hmm. explaining to Obi-Wan, this is it. I have to kill you. Vader, yeah. you have him saying, Luke, you were right. Your sister was right. This is exactly what I wanted. Kylo says nothing. He just dies. Yeah. Nice kiss, yeah. girl. I, right. I, I I would push back on John. Though. I, I think Vader's turn is well done in Jedi. There are shots of him looking back and forth. There are shots of him when Luke is beating him. That is him like not being as Vader as possible because the uh, the heart is starting to come out. So I think you you can read into that what you want, but I've always mm. felt like that turn picking him up on Endor. He stands there like yeah, that's it's too late. I was going to say, I'm not on your side, John, but if I was on your side, I would more (laughs) stick with the Endor conversation of the two of them saying, you know, it's too late. I think there's good in you. And he's like, right. When they're walking. Yes. It's too far. Yeah. Yeah, But that's that's when it starts to move. All right. Well, John, what about about this then, John? What about the part where he's weaponizing Leia to lure Luke out? That's still pretty evil at the very end. Well, so of course he is because he's not 100% committed yet. Okay. Until he sees. Luke in actual close to death. And by the way, when I was a kid and I saw that for the first time, that scene felt interminable. Like, save him already. It felt like forever. Now, of course, it doesn't feel as long because I'm older. But like when I was younger, it was just screaming inside my head. Save him already. Save him already. When he does, it's such a satisfying moment. And I don't think, I don't think the Kylo thing, the the Kylo thing to me could have been, that just could have been done better the turn. And it does, and and James, it it does feel rushed Mm -hmm. to me. It does feel like they just decided we got to redeem him somehow. Well, does it? Do it like this? Because like because what Leia Leia could have contacted him throughout the three movies. Sure. And so if she was able to do that, she could have done it at any point through the three movies. Do that right at the end. By the way, right when he's about to kill Ray. By the way, he defeats Ray. That's kind of huge. Yeah. He yeah. defeats oh, no. her. He is going to kill Ray. And so he needed all this to talk about Ray and the Palpatine and all this kind of stuff. She got beat by him. Yeah. That's yeah. massive. Well, isn't isn't the flip like now back to it's funny like yeah, I guess this is telling about Trevorrow when we're talking about Return of the Jedi and we're supposed to be talking about Trevorrow's script. We can care less <laughs> about his script. Uh the, his turn in Trevorrow's thing, it does I read it like 3 times. I'm like, "Wait, what happens? He's he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, never mind," and then he just dies. 
Yeah, I didn't like that either. Like that's lame Wait, what? too. Like in Trevorrow's thing, with the way he dies is very like confusing to me because it almost seems like he's still full bad and he's like, I'm taking all of Ray's powers. Then like Leia reaches out to him and he's like, uh, never mind. I'll give them back. And then he dies. Like <laughs> that was weak to me too. Yeah, I, but the way it's written could be the scene you get in the rise of Skywalker where she says Ben and that's all it takes for him to look around. Right. And then for him at the end to give his, which I don't care who Ray. you are. That part is awesome. Okay. I'm yeah. not saying it's not good, but I'm saying <laughs> that written on paper doesn't portray the emotion that you get when you watch it. No, I know. I just, uh, you know, Lacey, me more than anyone like Roka, I was I was all about let Kylo be full bad now that he killed Snoke. I think my biggest gripe is mm-hmm. he doesn't talk. That's yeah, fair. I mean, I agree. <laughs> it is weird. Talk. It is weird he doesn't talk. Yeah, I do agree with that. That is kind of strange. He does the shrug thing. He does ooh, ah, uh, ooh, and he says ow once, and then... And people have pointed out that, like, it looks like the shot of him dying is in reverse and, like, all this other stuff. Like, it's oh, just, yeah. it's weird. It's very weird because his hair, gravity doesn't do that. Maybe that's why he turned to the dark because he's so socially awkward. When he's been solo, he just doesn't talk to anybody. I'd love no, to No, because know. then he runs in with this Han swagger and then he doesn't say Han anything. Han swagger, he's like right, bang, right. bang. He is. Yeah. He's Han Solo for like the last three minutes of the movie and then he says nothing. Not even one word of like mm-hmm. see you around kid or so, I don't know, something. <laughs> He says his, nothing. He's wearing his college shirt. I like that. It's his little his Henley. Old, <laughs> his old Henley. Navy Henley. So yeah. can, can I change the dialogue here and go with sorry. something? I'm sorry, Trevorrow's bad no, Kylo it is, if it no, no, means no, it I don't get not talking Kylo, if that makes sense. <laughs> I also don't um, like Trevorrow blowing up R2-D2, but I'll leave oh, that there. Oh, I, I did not like that. Nope. Mm-mm. All right, James, go ahead. What do you, what do you, what do you got? <laughs> I... The longer I have sat with Rise of Skywalker, I still do have some hangups on the way Palpatine was used in the sense of like, we went into the movie saying they're bringing Palpatine back. Can't wait to hear how they're making that happen, how they're going to explain him coming back. And they just straight up don't. And in the use of making him the main villain, you have in a way, and I can understand it from many different perspectives, but you've kind of turned the Skywalker saga into the Palpatine saga. And in Trevorrow's script, that's not a problem. They address him. It's it's all part of the story, the bigger story, but I do feel like Trevorrow's script wraps up the, the direction that the Skywalkers end with, with Ben Solo, you know, that, that character, and right. uh, it embraces the Ray from nowhere, which is fine. She doesn't have to be a Skywalker for this to be yeah. a Skywalker story. But I, I don't. I'm still not quite sitting a hundred percent on the Palpatine stuff in the Rise of Skywalker. And I will say, Trevorrow's script, good or bad, clearly solves that problem. Yeah, and calls it's, back it's a lot. It's not the Palpatine TFA. saga in his movie. Yeah, yeah, it calls a lot back to TFA and The Last Jedi. Like, there's yeah. nothing in that script that isn't a clear callback to other things. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Last Jedi has moments that you're like, oh, yes, I get that. But then you're like, what about all these things that happened in The Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. That was, listen, that was a frustrating part about Rise of Skywalkers. I couldn't tell. And I know so I've seen some people defend it and some mm-hmm. people have different with what, but I feel like in my instinctual feeling as I was walking out of there, it's like, 
they really took a crap on Last Jedi. And I just didn't like it. I didn't like that at all. And I wasn't the biggest fan of the first 45 minutes of Last Jedi. I've always said that. Everything after that is maybe the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but that first 45, I couldn't do it. So, But still, it's a continuation. So to push Rose in the back to like say all this other stuff they did to not explain how Palpatine comes back was a massive problem for me. We still never know why Ben left. We never know why Ben got upset. Well, we don't know how Snoke got in touch with him. We never see any of that. And so there's just too much of it that I don't, that wasn't explained. And then with the last Jedi stuff, there's too much of it that they don't like keep going forward with it. Cause I liked Ray, not, I liked Ray. Actually, I came around on Ray not having parents that were part of the Skywalker right. saga, because it because all a lot of us don't have these famous parents, and we fight to have to make our own name in the world and to be mm-hmm. seen in a certain way. And we can decide at that point, especially if you're an orphan, you can decide at that point. It's more powerful for her to take the Skywalker name if she's a nobody, because then she's saying, "I've earned this mantle, and I will probably right. take this mantle and carry it on." forward and teach and do whatever, I think it would have been more powerful than if she said, I reject Palpatine and now I'm a Skywalker. I, for me personally. So. I, uh, I think, I think that story gets across. Like, I know you're saying she's rejecting Palpatine to accept Skywalker, yeah. but I still think she's writing her own story and accepting the Skywalker name to, I think she is carving that path, but I, I think I don't know. If, yeah. if I'm being yeah. honest, I think Abrams definitely had a plan for her to not be a nobody. Um, and yes. Ryan took choices that are in The Last Jedi, not just the whole, my parents were nobody and blah, blah, blah. Like her on the island with Luke going straight to the dark. Like mm. her instincts were dark, dark, dark. If she was, so JJ is like, all right, well, if I'm going to go back to what my plan was to make her somebody and make her not a nobody, I can't make her a Kenobi now. I can't make her this now. Kenobi, a Kenobi wouldn't have gone straight to the dark like that and had those dark side tendencies. So he's like, what makes sense here? Uh, I think there was always this thing in Kathleen Kennedy's head that she wanted Palpatine to be involved somehow, uh, if if you believe what Chris Terrio is saying. Um, so maybe he's like, well... She went straight to the dark in The Last Jedi. We don't want her to be a nobody. Which way does that point to? And let's bring back uh, an iteration of Palpatine. And you know what? I get the need for explanations. They're going to make books for it. They're already doing the comic for Kylo Ren to explain how he turned mm-hmm. and what Snoke might be. And Snoke's already saying, my name wasn't Snoke. And they're, they're trying to piece, you know, fill those gaps. But, you know, the backstory culture today now, thanks to probably ironically, thanks to the prequels, uh, I don't know that I need that. Like, if you want to just tell me, here's this kid. He was Han and Leia's son. He turned evil. I'm like, all right, let's go. Uh, it's like Darth Vader. Like, did I, would I have cared? Like, oh, why did he become this or something? But Vader was not, already you know? that. The difference between him and Kylo is Vader was already that from the beginning. But when Kylo, we saw Kylo, wasn't he? Yeah, but then he struggled with it every movie. So and then you like, see it with him, him and Han yeah. and then him and Leia. He couldn't right. kill her. But do we need everyone's backstory? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. No, but your main right. characters would be all right. It wouldn't be a negative to have some backstory. Who's Snoke? Like I don't. Uh. <laughs> but, but to can answer, I, can, can I say something for Lacey what, real quick? Lacey, what you yeah, said about what? it feeling like two movies, you're absolutely mm-hmm. or feel like it, you're absolutely right. And I think this was JJ trying to show you what he would have done with the la- the yes. second installment, yes. and then doing the third installment. So to me, I think the biggest mistake. I know people go, "Oh, it didn't have a plan. Didn't have a plan." No, the biggest mistake to me in this whole trilogy is the fact that JJ didn't do all three films. That is really the number one thing for me because then you've got one cohesive person, one cohesive narrative told by one person the whole time. That's fair. 
It should have been one writer, three different directors. One writer for all three. That's absolutely fine. And keep Kasdan involved for all three, please. (laughs) I I thought this, uh, you know, we we haven't actually talked. I know it's been a while, but we've been doing the the Poe and the Finn. We haven't really talked Rise of Skywalker a whole lot on the show. And I think one of the big takeaways is that no matter what side you're on of the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker and all this other stuff, I think just as a fandom, we call kind of collectively do recognize that I wish there would have been an overarching story like, and that they (laughs) would have figured that out because no matter what page we're on, we, we do kind of admit that, either that movie or this movie or the, the three together or something, something doesn't quite jive and it's, it's okay. It's good and we can find it and we can enjoy it. But at the same time, we're all recognizing like the prequels. We love these. They're not great, (laughs) but we learn to like them and we figure out the stories within our fandom. But it would have been nice if the prequels were written and directed by maybe somebody, you know, and just kind of get into those details. This is the same thing. Like maybe the fault of this one is written and directed by good people, but not really a cohesive story. So it kind of crumbles somewhere in the middle and I th- tries to reconcile itself. James, I think that's a good point. I do think kids, kids now, um, like little kids now who maybe watching this for the first time or whatever, or kids who take on this trilogy in 10 years when they get into star Wars, when they watch it, they may be able to be, it may be able to be more cohesive for them because they didn't have all the speculation and the wondering of what's going on. And when I go back and watch TFA now, I can like, you know, like, like you look at a painting, like say like, okay, now I can see how that could be this or how she can be that, or that this can be that. And you know, there are also fans who are going to be like, yeah, JJ Abrams duct taped a banana to the wall and called it art. Like I get that. But, uh, I think there, there's a certain thing when time passes, like you say, people are going to think, yeah, this is more cohesive because all the drama of who wrote this, who wrote that's going to be gone. Like kids today who watch yeah. the original trilogy have no idea who Richard Marquand is or like Irvin Kershner. Right. They just, there's like, that's the star Wars trilogy. So I think over time it will age well uh, as you're, uh, you're right in that way, James. Um, but I think from different perspectives based on certain generations. I like the idea of fans having like a problem with like the original scripts to Star Wars. Like we could have had Mace Windy. You're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're so mad. Like George Lucas ruined Dude, it. It was wild. Leia wasn't even <laughs> his could've... sister till the first draft of Return of the Jedi. It's just like <laughs> lunacy. It's crazy. Yeah. But um, all right. So let's give. I guess we'll go around and give our last quick thoughts on Trevorrow's story. Anything that you maybe think that they should have kept, or or uh, just your general thoughts. And uh, I'll start with uh, Lacey. Your last final thoughts on Trevorrow, and then we can never talk about it again. <laughs> uh, my final thoughts are, I didn't hate it. There were things I liked about it, but then again, there are things I like about everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy with what we got about certain people. I'm not happy about Ben Solo. I thought that this one was a better way to take him, but that's it. Yes. That's that. <laughs> All right. Oh, and he worked in Palpatine better because Palpatine was in a holocron and not some Mm. like zombie vacuum cleaner Segway guy. Okay. Fair. Uh, All right. (laughs) James, last thoughts on Trevorrow? Um, I I think just uh, 
kind of like how Robert Meyer Burnett originally pitched the thing is he said, I don't think anybody's, you know, at Disney's going to care about this because at the end of the day, this is just like the history, the what if, the interesting uh, could have been. Um, and I don't think, I don't even think him, although he he read it with sort of a see-through agenda, I think he too did not care for <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. No. And he kind of had this attitude about how it, how it could have been this. I think he still recognized it as an interesting what if, but it's not the real story. Um, so it is, it's fun to look at and it's fun to, to take points are and uh, points away. And I definitely think there are things like Lacey was saying that I'm like, that's better on paper, on paper, that's sure. better. But there are things in it too that are like, I'm sure that ultimately some of the weird stuff would have turned real weird and some of the good stuff <laughs> would have been okay, you know? Right. And um, maybe, I don't know, it, it just would have probably turned out in similar fashion as like The Rise of Skywalker. Like, it's good. It's not amazingly great, perfect ending. It's good. I liked it. Yeah. Right. That's fair. Uh, John, final thoughts on uh, Trevorrow? As someone I, who doesn't like, as someone who really doesn't like uh, the Rise of Skywalker, so I, I, I don't say I don't like it. I just say it's it's, it's uh, okay. I'd say it's okay. It's a um, B minus. Which one's your favorite in the series? Oh, oh TFA. TFA. Yeah. My favorite's TFA. Too. I mean, TFA, I put on TFA when I'm cleaning the apartment. Like I don't. Me too. Like TFA is just great background music. It's such a happy. Fun, joyful hopeful. film. Yeah, you remember so where common. the trilogy's on its way? <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my god, I can't wait to see the second. And then you're like, this in the second one. Um, <laughs> at least I was. <laughs> but um, who's, who's DJ say. again? <laughs> <laughs> DJ. I did like the Holdo move. I did like that. Good um, move. One in a million. Yeah. And by the way, Rose should have taken over for Leia. It shouldn't have been Poe and Finn. That was. Dumb. Um, in my opinion, uh, uh, Trevorrow's script is an interesting, fun fan service. Or I'm sorry, fan service. What do you call it? Fan fiction to think about mm-hmm. the possibility of all this. What could have been interesting? What could have been fun? And clearly, he knows his Star Wars. Uh, and that's that's one of the positives of reading the script. It's, it's clear that someone who understood this franchise and understood yes. the history of this yeah. franchise and the characters. But there's more to sit in there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I thought that was brilliant. So there's some of that was what got me happy about that, that there are people who understand it at that level and who still want to create something from that. Um, but at the end of the day, I always come back to this. The guy doesn't have a good track record recently as a director. So what do I think the end result would have been? I don't think it would have been overall positive uh when it was all said and done because like once again you look at jurassic world to go i can explain to you jurassic world and get you really excited but look at the execution and you go yeah maybe not so much <laughs> so i it, there's a real possibility that trevor would have had this incredible script and absolutely done a worse film than rise of skywalker there's certainly uh, a possibility that could exist so but this is fun to think about it's all fun to talk about but at the end of the day the reality is rise of skywalker is what we actually have yeah, yeah, and yeah. what you said before about pitching nine based on JJ's script and how that could come across as maybe better than even fans who didn't like the Rise of Skywalker would have heard that and said, "Ooh, that sounds good." So you're right. Yeah. This is really just a pitch, and it's a script, and that's all it is. Um, I so think, you're saying you don't want Star Wars: Fallen Kingdom? No, yeah, I do not. It's funny. Like I almost tweet. I I didn't want to stoke the flames too much because I think people do like Jurassic World, but I I tweeted the 
Jeff Goldblum looking at a pile of crap. <laughs> but then also Zach Braff, uh, or Zach Braff, uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt running away from the, the volcano saying, run, run, run. That's really running away from Trevorrow's script. But I think where you see, because I did read some of the versions post Carrie dying, the changes they made. I think both anyone making episode nine was massively impacted by her death because she True. it was it was supposed to be her movie and you see big spots in his original draft where Leia was a really big presence uh, in that script and then you read his other other version and like Finn gets those lines or Lando gets those lines or someone else gets those lines. She went to go so, see Lando in one yeah. of the versions. Yeah, so her yeah. her void is going to hurt anybody who was in that. So that's one thing. James, you, it looks like you're burning over there. <laughs> well, unmute your mic first and then we'll have a chat. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I had a cough earlier. <clears throat> good. Good. Um, that, that's the thing is I, I know we had our final <laughs> thoughts, but I, I wanted to say it because I've been thinking about it a lot is JJ and Trevorrow at post carries death, all that stuff. There's only two ways to handle it. In my opinion, I th- I've thought about it a little bit and, and, came up with you either write your movie and try to fit her in or cut her out or you start with what you have and try to reverse engineer a story Mm. and i think neither way is a great way to end episode nine Mm -hmm. or in the star wars saga and i think that's just that's that's all you have that's the only way to do it you either wedge her in where she where you think maybe she could fit and it's not going really going to work or you reverse engineer around her and it's also probably not going to be as good as it could have been had you just told a straight story mm-hmm. yeah so i mean either way i think anyone was hurt by her passing they they said from the beginning i think it was supposed to be han then luke then leia um so that hurts whoever makes that movie and i thought jj <laughs> and ilm did a knockout job i thought hey, leia had her biggest impact in episode nine out of the three movies so and yeah. how they pulled that off was great. But Trevorrow wise, I think, you know, the, the, the Filoni nerds and people who like um, the animation and those stories and Rebel or Clone Wars are obviously going to say, well, Trevorrow was our guy. We wish he made the, the movie and he would have connected everything. We spent all this money on these comics and these books. And uh, JJ said it meant nothing. And I get that, too. But and at the end of the day, they're making movies for all Star Wars fans, not just the diehards. And um, I think Trevorrow may have lost some fans with some of the decisions he made, even though it might've been a little weirder than what JJ did. But JJ was trying to round it out and close it out and land the plane. And I think Trevorrow would have landed a plane that was on fire, like at the end of Air Force or something like that. So, <laughs> um, he would have landed it, just had to flip it upside down. Flip it upside do down, whole, like, have a creature thing, come yeah. out, almost bite it in half. <laughs> yeah, all that sort of stuff. So um, I mean, that's it. Uh, hopefully we never have to talk about Trevorrow ever again. And then we can, can move I ask on. one question. Is it how dare you? No. Oh. <laughs> Roka, yeah. who do you think leaked it? Oh. Well, now that I'm not beholden to an outlet, uh, except my own. Because um, <laughs> to me, this reeks very Ryan Reynolds, like, oh, you don't want to do Deadpool? Yeah, you think Trevorrow leaked it? Yeah. I think so, too. And I think Robert, Robert is surprisingly connected to a lot of important people in this town. Despite Mm -hmm. his histrionics and his weirdness, Robert has a lot of connections in this town and they're old school connections. There are people who've been in this Mm -hmm. town for 20 or 30 years. So there are connections throughout. And so I would not be surprised because he was dropping some Marvel stuff to me a year before I saw it. 
a oh, year. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. all, right when he was on Heroes with Schnepp and I was producing the show, Burnett would occasionally pull me aside and say, I heard this, do you care about this, spoilers or anything? I was like, no. And he'd tell me, and a year later it would show up. And oh, I was wow, just like, man. wow. So to me, he's got these connections. He knows these things. Um, he like he saw Aquaman eight months before or six months before it even came out. So like he's got these abilities to get in. So it would not surprise me that Trevorrow or someone related to Trevorrow leaked it with Trevorrow's permission and and like got and what's Robert the move on board there? to talk about it. Huh? Do do you think do you think that's a proverbial middle finger to Lucasfilm no, or I don't know. I, okay. I think this is this town. He's about saving your career and saving face, right? He's about to go do this third Jurassic World film, um, and he hasn't had a lot of success in the last two films he's done. So he sensed maybe the anger. and the, Remember, this came out after the re- receptions and the reactions to episode mm-hmm. nine. So mm-hmm. this was fertile ground for him to walk in and kind of redeem his – uh, status a little bit or save a little face by saying, look what I could have done. Look how great this could have been. And now those of us who are – some fans who are not maybe as rational or whatever would be like, oh, yeah, see, he could have been great. Now I'm excited to see what his Jurassic World's going to be. What's he going to do with this? Maybe he's coming back right. now more motivated. So um, don't ever – don't ever take anybody at their word in this town. Don't ever think everybody has like these altruistic purposes. No, I think everybody understands you got to uh, – and let me tell you from my personal experience, uh, what I just went through, people can be ruthless to maintain their status of what they want to be and the level they want to keep. And so that can be uh, – that could have been there behind Trevorrow. So that's my long-winded answer. I think it did drop – I also think – it, it could be something along the lines of that in addition to if he is as big of a fan as he is about Star Wars, mm. you write a Star Wars script in the day and age of leaking. You're like, hey, I got nothing to lose. Right. I did. I almost did a Star Wars movie because you've seen all these other scenarios where things have gone bad, like Lord Miller and all these other mm-hmm. things. Like imagine you're just like, you know what? Why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and also down the road, if someone else slides in and Kathleen Kennedy moves off the franchise, Let's say Feige down the road. Feige hanging, hanging, handing Trevorrow a Star Wars film now after the leak does actually sure. doesn't look bad. It makes people excited. So it's smart, smart play all around. It just seems like Ryan Reynolds to me. Like where they're like, no, we're not doing this movie. And then he's been like very like, I don't know who leaked it. Wink. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it got out. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it all comes down to the reception of the film mixed by critics, liked by most audiences, pockets of fandom that really didn't like it. If it was 98, 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, probably whoever, whoever leaked that, whoever you are out there, probably keeping <laughs> that one in the safe. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah. All right. So that rounds it out for our mm-hmm. talk about Trevorrow's script. Let us know in the comments what you guys think <clears> about <throat> it. If you read it, if you didn't, uh, it doesn't change anything. Ultimately, like uh, John, you said, we got the movie we got and that is it. Trevorrow's script is not canon. So, um, all right, or so, is it? Or is it? All right. So now let's take some questions uh, in Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Uh, you guys tweet at us, or if you're a patron, you get the uh, soup, the light speed skip to the front here. We have a few in here uh, that uh, take that. But uh, Lacey, we're going to start with you. You ready? Yes. Okay. So this one's going to you from Blog of the Hut. 
a oft commenter of ours. How are you, Blaga? Hey, Blaga. Uh, they said Palpatine talked about Ben and Ray's dyad as something not seen for a long time. Do you think this is setting up Old Republic films with two characters that have a strong force connection as well? So, first of all, I love this question. Second of all, that line was kind of a throwaway for me in this movie where they were like, oh, here's this important term that you should remember. Never mind, he's dead. <laughs> so I feel like this is something that like they threw in there that they were like, oh, some fans might get it, but the normal person wouldn't. Um, that being said, I think it would be super cool to have this in the Old Republic, High Republic, whatever movies are coming. It would be super cool to see this because we haven't seen it yet, really. Um, yeah. A good force bond, force connection. Um, but what's been written kind of about force bond, force connections is that it's like two people that are so connected that if one dies, it's like an open wound and like all this other stuff. So get Pacific how- Rim out of here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short, I think they kind of threw it into the rise of Skywalker, but I do think it opens the possibilities and I don't think it necessarily has to be a guy girl romantic relationship. It might be cool if it was like an Anakin, Kenobi, very connected brotherly mm. relationship too, yeah. or sisterly two girls. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'm saying it could just be really cool if two people worked together with the force to fight bad guys. Yeah. Um, and I think, didn't he, didn't Kylo Ren say it's been centuries or something like that? Like, wasn't he specific with the time frame? Yeah. Again, I feel like some of these lines in the right, like get lost. I'm just saying. I, gotta I, re-see I, it. I, I, I think that was you. Palpatine that said not seen in Jedi or in anyone for centuries or something. Which and then the story I just comes have out to there. remind my <clears throat> right. I have to remind myself that there are people that see these movies like my coworkers that don't know Star Wars. Oh yeah. And if I was to say that to them, they'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, shut, yeah. up, so, shut up, nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny. Like my brother saw the movie with us, but he had sat by himself a few rows up. And then he's walking down after the movie, and I just look down the aisle to see if he's going to like it or not, whether we're going to fight for the next year. And he just goes. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes he gave up two thumbs up and sometimes it's just that simple, but, yeah. um, that's a good answer. Lacey. I dig that. All right. Uh, John, this one's going to you. Oh. This is from a, another John here. So we got the uh, Trinity of Johns here. Uh, our patron general beard, we call him John Reese at John S Reese. He's actually been trying to get us to talk about this in the podcast. So we may have to have a discussion about it in the future too, but now we're going to get your take on it. Mr. Roca. Uh, so he, John asked with your opinion on the dark side of the force, Assume Padme chose to stay with Anakin and lead the galaxy as he asked, would he have eventually still killed her or done her harm due to his corruption, or would the galaxy have been forever changed, plunged further into darkness if she joined him? That's a great, great question. If she now if she joins him, does she go dark ray or does she stay ray as she is? Uh, uh well, Padme. Padme. I'm Padme sorry. joining Oh sorry, Padme goes with uh, <laughs> Anakin, Anakin, right? Yes. But that's the same question. Does Padme yeah. go evil or does she stay who she is? I guess she she joins him on and rules by his hand. Okay, well, this is what I I'll assume say. she's evil. Yeah. Really? Okay. She turn. I assume she turns blind eye to it and lets him do what he needs to do to rule. Yeah, she's not force sensitive, but she just joins him and accepts his new empire. Look at him when he comes back after he kills the after he kills the younglings. Right? Um, he's still talking to her like, "I need you." Don't leave me. Stay with me. Mm -hmm. So if she goes with him, I think she guides him in a better way. And maybe he's not as evil. Maybe he's a better leader. 
uh, of the galaxy and maybe it's not as crazy. And then the it comes to the final battle, which is uh, him with Sidious and her. So that would be the thing at the end. Because, I mean, she if she births four sensitive kids, could she have had some force sensitivity of herself, her own? Does that come out in a latent way while she's with him? And then you have this whole situation of, well, does he choose Sidious or does he choose her? Remember, and this is what I – look, people get mad at me about this, but this is my actual – I actually believe this. He's not Vader until Padme dies. He's not Vader until Padme dies. I'm so with you there. His last connection to her, to humanity, to love is Padme. Once he wakes – once uh, the Emperor whispers in his ear, she's dead – He's fully clothed as Vader and he screams that terrible no. But like that's him fully <laughs> accepting the fact that he is evil now. And that's why he can kill with impunity because he loves no one else. He's only ever loved her. And to have yeah. her leave him because of what he thinks the Jedi did, he can fully believe it. But if Padme is there, I think Padme finds a way to help him rule better. Because the thing with, with Anakin is he's decisive. She can make him a better leader, a more compassionate leader down the road. And then eventually you either have to kill Sidious or kill her. And that's the thing at the end of the day. I think she's also a survivor, though, because the concept art, she had a knife. She was going to kill him. So, Mm. Yikes. Good point. Well, we'll have to address this in a... And a question of our own, then, yeah. because John, John's been asking us. But that's a good answer, John. I like that. I like that uh, almost parallel with Luke, Vader, and, and Palpatine, but you have Anakin with his wife. Um, that's cool. So Very thanks true, for that. Yeah. And thanks for General Beard for the question. Uh, all right. James, this one's for you, buddy. This is from Dog at Dog. Uh <laughs> I don't know why I said that in that accent, but... <laughs> hey, Dog, how you doing? Uh, he said, or she said... If the we got all two with us. If if the next Star Wars movies take place during the High Republic, with new to us Jedi, do you think we will see new lightsabers, specifically new colors? Any idea on that? Uh, mine's a simple answer. I think this is pretty straightforward. Do I or do I not think that? Yes, I do think that. I think that they're always going to bring in the new. Um, I think that they're going to do some weird stuff, kind of like what they did with uh, Kylo Ren, as far as him being like a medieval like broadsword. Like they're going to do weird stuff with like a, a, a trident lightsaber I or something. <clears throat> I mean, it just seems kind of logical. It's like a straightforward answer. As far as color, um, I, I think so. I think this is a good opportunity to bring in like uh, the knights or the protectors, which would be like the yellow color, um, which we haven't seen in a movie. I also think that uh, if I'm if my v- random vague knowledge of legends is true, some of that orange color I think goes back to you know some stuff like what they were doing back in Old Republic as well, um, and we haven't really seen like an orange, although Rays is kind of goldish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. So it'd be interesting, but also too, even if they did do exactly raise color, it would be cool to see like what that color means and what kind of figures hold that color. And then it just kind of paints a bigger picture for when us, when we finally get to that point where she turns it on and she's that color, it's very reminiscent of this new yet old franchise. So <clears throat> yeah, answer. I would say yellow and yellow and orange. I like the idea of the tridents and all different types of weapons and i'm sure yeah, it's like aquaman but it's just like a lightsaber i'm sure hasbro <laughs> loves it too <laughs> um all right uh i'll grab this next one from damon taylor at rubicante 86 and they asked would you like to see a what if series on disney oh boy on disney plus like they are doing with marvel uh, such as what if Leia was trained instead of Luke? What if Anakin beat Obi-Wan on Mustafar? Or what if Padme survived? 
Um, first thing I'll bring up is one the last Star Wars game I ever played was Episode Three, and the like ending at the end. If you play as Anakin and he kills Obi Wan and becomes Darth Vader without the scars and stuff, it's the weird ending to Episode Three. It's it's an odd ending to that PS2 game, but I I would not like this for obvious reasons. Uh, we already as fans have our groups and our clicks and our theories and our preconceived notions if you start creating actual tangible series of what ifs it's going to blur the lines of canon for people who can't compartmentalize things and it's going to make things even worse so i think if they made a what if series where they just all of a sudden show an animated series where luke is staying on tatooine and lays the one train people are going to be like wait a minute now that should have been it and that's that and i just think it would have it's already a fandom that's so mixed up with different emotions and feelings and ties to things that I think it would really mess things up. So uh, it's a cool idea. And I guess if Marvel's doing it, uh, that makes sense because the, the comics are always changing things and they're rebooting things and time machines <laughs> and different versions of the Flash and all that. And I get that. <laughs> Star Wars is a little different to me. I think it'd Flash be, is DC. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Have to- well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoever, multiple Hulks, multiple You're whatevers. not wrong, dude. It's all one universe. <laughs> it's all the same stuff. Yeah. So, but you're right. Flash is DC. Um, but you get my point. And uh, I don't think that would be a good way to go, Damon. But I appreciate the question. <clears throat> all right. Now, our last question for all of us to take uh, briefly. We'll go around here um, one at a time. Carl Stare at Darth Hurricane said, what is your biggest hope and your biggest fear for the future of the Star Wars franchise? Oh. Now that the Star Wars saga <laughs> is Just over, a quick, easy one. <laughs> because of that groan, actually, I'll start. I'll start this one. My biggest fear is that they distance themselves too far from what George Lucas wanted this thing to be, which is a fun space fantasy, uh, you know, morality tale for kids and then that sort of thing. I hope they. My fear is that they get too sci-fi with Star Wars and it loses its its um, charm. So that's uh, that's mine. Uh, you groaned the most, John Roca. So I'll go with you. <laughs> I'll go with you. What's your biggest hope or fear for the future of Star Wars? This is and. I, <laughs> and or, yeah, hope yeah. and fear. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, greatest hope is that people who actually love it are the people making it and writing it and creating it. That's my greatest hope. I think this time around that 100% wasn't the case and it showed. Um, and I think Star Wars is a tightrope you have to walk because people have – such incredible love for it and you have to walk it correctly or else when you fall, it's really noticeable for a lot of people. Um, so that's what my, my hope is, is that more and more people now are inspired to go be a part of this Star Wars and write this Star Wars because they are excited to be a part of it. My greatest fear is that we is that people get in charge who are afraid to take chances with this property and with this franchise. As much as uh, Last Jedi might have angered some Star Wars fans, it also excited and inspired and attracted Star Wars fans and, and non-Star Wars fans to the movie because of the chances it took. Mandalorian takes some chances. But that's really important for me overall as a fran- for any franchise to survive. It has to take chances. And I want that uh, to be something that goes uh, hand in hand with whatever they create in the future with Star Wars. So that would be my greatest fear is that they play it safe all the time. And what are the, some of the big arguments people have about episode nine who didn't like it are the fan service actually stuff that they try to do, the safe stuff they try to do. I, I want them to keep taking chances. And if they don't, I think it'll eventually lose its power and lose its weight with a lot of people. Right on. All right. Uh, James, what about you? Greatest hope, greatest fear, future of Star Wars. 
it, it's it's the same on both ends. So my uh, greatest hope is, um, you know, sim- similar to Marvel, actually, is this whole thing just got wrapped up. I hope that people, and, and this ties in with my fear, I hope they don't just go, eh, I, I saw it all, you know? that mm-hmm. That's it for me. I'm not interested in getting wrapped up. I was interested in maybe finishing it out, but I'm not looking to do all that again. Um, that's my biggest fear that people are just going to see one through nine is that was the story. And now all this other stuff is just bonus, whatever. And they don't embrace it kind of like Harry Potter too. Right. That kind of happened. It's like, Hey, this was the story. I'm down to go see these last ones, but then they come out with another one and the, the fan base just kind of goes, you know what? I don't know that I'm interested in seeing a story that isn't that, that story. Um, that's my greatest fear. And then my greatest hope is like, what if fantastic beast was like massively embraced by the fans? That would be great. You know, <clears throat> same for Marvel just finished up with infinity war and Endgame. I hope people, uh, buy into Dr. Strange two and you know, all the Marvel shows. And I hope they, they embrace the new phase of what they're doing or the new saga that they're getting ready to present. Cause it could be really cool. The last one was great and let, let's do it. Let's do it again. I'm back on the roller coaster. So that that's my fear and hope. Right on Lacey. So side note really quick. I wrote an article once about the new Harry Potter series without Harry. And the title of the article was Mo money, no Harry. <laughs> What? Yeah, that is mo money, mo problems. That's but a side no Harry. <laughs> yeah, okay. mo money, no Harry. Can we put okay. a link to the to that article in the description of the video? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Biggest hope is that whatever new series, uh, trilogy, whatever that's coming, we get a bad guy that's a genuine bad guy that we can all collectively hate. Give me a gross, disgusting bad guy, <laughs> please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest fear is that they're going to fall back on characters that we know because they're too afraid to push boundaries and yep. make new people. So I don't need to see Yoda. I don't need to see Kenobi unless it's a Kenobi series, obviously. Just say, go new. <laughs> I'm talking with the new series. That's like 400 years. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to hear or see people that I've seen or heard of before. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to take a step outside the box, sure. uh, outside the circle. Um, but please just give me a really bad guy. Yep. Like Thanos. Like, someone that, like, everybody hates. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a bad guy does not mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> That's a good reference. I, I was going to go with the Billy Irish thing. <laughs> uh, so I, I forgot to do my biggest hope, and my biggest hope is make Solo 2 happen. Oh, hey. there you go. Oh. Uh, D- Disney Plus, baby. Disney Plus. Yikes. John's uh, no. <laughs> like not commenting on that one. Yeah. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna Wait, mute. hold on. We haven't talked to you since that, that happened, Roka. Which one? Which one? Roka. Yeah. Make Solo 2 happen. We haven't spoken to you. Thoughts? Yeah. W- w- what about it? Do you want it to happen? Oh, um, he doesn't sound like he wants it to happen. Yeah, I, if you're gonna give me what I got with Solo, then no, I don't want to necessarily see it happen. I wasn't a fan of Solo. Not that it was a bad movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. My problem with Solo mm-hmm. was that it wasn't a, an exciting, magical movie that I was hoping to get for Han Solo, and I think it didn't uh, bring him to life in a way that I was hoping for. And if I'm mad about the characters you're killing off more than characters you've left alive, that's not a good thing. 
in my opinion, that's not a good thing. And so um, mm. that was a frustrating part for me. Uh, but there is seeds, Empus Nest. There's a lot of seeds here. The mall stuff, of course, Kira. There's, there's a lot of stuff to play with if you were going to make one. I just think what, I'd have to see an incredible director step in to do it. Um, uh, and, I, and, and we'll see down the road. Um, are you to make it, not to make it go too long, but follow up to that too, the Han and Solo, Solo 2 Disney Plus show. Would you be interested in that? Han and Solo. What do you mean? Han and Han and Chewie. Like Han and Chewie. The Solo two. That's a, that would be great. I'd love to see Han and Chewie adventures. That Working for Jabba so and all that fun. sort of stuff. Get Boba yeah. Fett in there and yeah. Baby That's Jabba. What we're talking about. I'm yeah. down with Baby Jabba. Come on, let's make it. Baby happen. Jabba. Baby Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> all about Baby Jabba. We've already seen it. Well, we <laughs> just all just babies, just we, with characters. We all know Wait, the reason why. The real reason why John doesn't like Solo is because it was a western and. Uh, <laughs> oh. One stupid <laughs> word, and my life's been a living hell ever since. Not only a western. Not only a western. Ugh. A, don't tweet at seven in the morning, folks. Don't tweet at seven in the morning. It's I good to have fun same. about stuff like that, though. Yeah, um, and also. Lacey, do we need to do we need to clarify what happened between us? Can we do that before I leave? <laughs> sure. Our Raylo fight, our Raylo fight, which I, I, that was the that was madness. That did you know that was one of the best days I've ever had in my career, and yet it turned. <laughs> and I don't mean because of that. I mean All because, I know is that there was a point in the day that you were like, "I'm a comedian. I get paid to do jokes." No, I, I didn't like, say any of that. I said I was making a joke. I really was making a joke. And it clearly oh, was the worst joke to make because I had no idea people were going to be so upset about it. And I thought I was coming back. But then like when I rewatched it and Christian talked to me about it too, he was like, why did you do it that way? You should have presented her. In a, and obviously I was feeling myself a little too much on council. I was trying to make the joke and it just fell flat and people got really upset. And I had no idea the Raylo – Shippers were this powerful and this upset. Take your cowboy hat off. Yeah, no one seriously. cares. It was a, oh yeah, fair point. That's what she's talking. About. Oh, that's what you're referencing. All right. I think um, I think what's what my what may have sunk and, your and ship. I, hope that, I want to say one last thing to the. I'm not a misogynist. I got accused of that so much. Uh, and I was just like, I'm not. I just I'm just making a joke, and clearly it was the bad joke. So sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I think the part that may have sunk your ship is when you did the hands on the hip part. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> I, I, once uh, again, sometimes I'm feeling myself acting the fool, and I thought it was in playful because we were going back and forth. Yeah. Uh, yes, Lacey we were on, we Twitter, were on and Twitter, and then everybody just took it. And then I was in a position that I was like, if I say something, then I'm not a supportive woman anymore. Right. And then if I don't say something, then... I'm a scumbag, so I was really just in a corner. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't so know what was to I. do. So was I, because I kept trying to tell yeah. people I was just joking. Uh, but people were really <laughs> upset about oh, it. Oh, so. jeez. It's all good, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're all friends. It's Let's all just good. be nice to each other. Right. And I think the funniest part about that, knowing Lacey, she doesn't, like, Lacey's like a Leia where she's like, I don't need you to stand up for me. So when people were chiming in, Lacey's probably just like, hey, guys, I got this, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, it's right. driving me bananas. <laughs> well, see, now we can all hold hands like 3PO and Poe and everything, and it'll be good. <laughs> um, all right. 
So the, that, tor- <clears throat> that, that takes us towards the end here. I want to thank everyone for listening and watching, being a part of the resistance. Make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. Anywhere else you get your podcasts, uh, hit us up with a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't yet, we appreciate that. And always share our stuff because a lot of people don't know about Star Wars podcasts, believe it or not. Uh, so share it, and we appreciate that. Uh, make sure you're also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Uh, let's get our plugs out of the way now. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and over at Star Wars Newsnet. James, how about you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. Great one hour and 30 minute episode, guys. Had a lot of fun. Nice. <clears throat> Lacey. People can find me making jokes and not taking anything <laughs> too seriously at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. Right on. Uh, John, you got you have a new channel now. You're I on do. other other networks. Uh, yeah. you used to you used to be at the other place, but now just to let people, our listeners and viewers know where you're at these days and all that stuff fire away. Yeah, definitely. You can find me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram and all my stuff now is on my YouTube channel. That's www.youtube.com slash John Roca says they wouldn't give me the Roca says so I had to take the next best thing but it's part of it it's part of the outlaw nation outlet that I'm creating and there will be a lot of programming coming down the pike I'm gonna have mornings with the outlaw uh, live streams at 8 30 in the morning every morning talking about the entertainment news whatever's going on gonna have other stuff coming down got a wrestling show that I'm working on got a sports show I'm working on and a lot of publicists are reaching out back out to me to invite me to junkets and screenings and set visits. So all the coverage that I was doing at at Collider, I'll now be able to do on my own. I don't have to stand in line behind anybody, which is really what's exciting for me is being able to do all this stuff and report and on it to the fans. So please, and come follow me on all my stuff and come subscribe to the YouTube channel. Trust me, it's worth it. And there will be a Star Wars show coming down the pike. It'll be about about the philosophy of Star Wars. That's my thing. I can't can't Mm. compete with you three in knowledge of planets and characters and all this stuff, but what I really feel I'm good at is talking about the philosophy and the concepts that are presented in Star Wars. Those are the things that really turn me on the most about the franchise. And I was just on Riley's Cantina, the debut episode, and we talked about a lot of that on there as well. So look for that coming down the pike. A lot of things in my mind. Awesome, I'm excited man. about that, John. It's nice that now that you don't have the corporation, you're going to be able to say what you really think. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the thing holding me back, right? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like man. you didn't already. <laughs> yeah. What is I that like when you take the governor guests. off that car? I hope you will be guests once I get it up and running. That'd be great. Yeah. Nice, man. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a good dude. You've always been good to us. We always had a good relationship with I love you, you guys. So. Love yeah. You guys. So, uh, Love to have you back on some time and, and, and all that stuff. Good luck and congrats on that. Um, and then for us, we do have to thank the people that make our stuff happen. Uh, and if you do want to support us, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. We have five tiers starting at two bucks a month. All our extra stuff that you see are on our channel and beyond our two episodes a week are because of you folks. So thank you so much. And a special thanks to our Patreon generals. One of them you just heard from in the, in the question section there, but Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, JG Carr, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you guys so much for all your support. All right, you guys, uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy your weekends. Uh, we will be back, as always, on Monday morning. So take care, and until next time, we'll see you on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. Bye.